Let me start by introducing myself. I'm called Herbert Mweze. I'm a refugee from Congo in Uganda since 2019. Uh, currently, I'm living alone uh, with my family taken away since we fled away from our country of origin because of the war. Hello, and welcome to Obehi Podcast. I'm your host, Obehi A14. And I strongly believe that everyone has a story to share. Now, let's get started with this episode. The tribute war, and now I'm currently living in Uganda where I'm empowering children with social skills and art through sports and skills, the quality education. Actually, I'm 20 years old and and I'm living away from family. I've mentioned before, and now I'm just surrounded with some children, also living in critical situation without families and parents. Thank you so much for sharing that. So you are a Congolese refugee in Uganda, right? Yeah, I'm okay. from Congo. You are from Congo. What yes. part of Congo are you from? South Kivu. South Kivu. Can you tell me a little bit about uh, this place, South Kivu? Uh, South, South Kivu is a place located in the west, in the east of Congo, where we found many, many tributes like Mushi, Barega, Bafulero, Bavira, and among them, we also found some neighbors like Randans, and we are trying to, we are trying to, to bring up some more so they can be able to gain something from our minerals resources. That's why we are flying away from our countries. South Kivu, uh, the capital city is Bukavu, and it's where I'm coming from. All right, uh, thank you for that. So you are running away from South Kivu because of so many resources there, or? Uh, I don't understand that. Can you explain it better? Yeah, uh, we are running away from our countries because of, uh, like, everyone is pretending to gain something from our resources, like gold, diamonds, and copper, seed, whatever. So they are trying to bring up some wool so we can run out our place, and for them, they can gain out the minerals, the resources. Mm -hmm. So this, this conflict uh, that is taking place there, uh, can you tell me a little bit about it? Uh, were you involved in the conflict? How does it affect you personally? Well, personally, I was not involved, but my father was one of the king of the place where he was a he was not able to protect us from the, the rebels. They came and and killed them and for others like around the villages, they ran away. That's why we ran up to Uganda. But like uh, personally, we are not uh, we are not interested and we are not involved in the conflict. But when they see like this, this place is powerful with a powerful king. They have to attack you, and so you can leave the place. So for them, they can take gods. Now, these people that are attacking, they are also Congolese. They are also people from another community, or they are people within the same with the same uh, community there in Congo. Can you tell me more about that? There are people from Rwanda, Burundi, and some of Uganda. Mm -hmm. Ah, okay. There are people from other uh, countries that are trying to to attack uh, this sad cave, uh, uh, cave. Or, but they are doing this because they want to take the resources there, or because they are uh, collaborating with the local authority to do this. No, they are doing that because they want to take out some resources, but the government doesn't know that because they 
they transform themselves than re, uh, in rebels so they can come and attack easily without being identified. Mm -hmm. All right. Thank you for that. So because of this reason, now you have left uh, Congo, you have left your country, you are in Uganda, right? Yes. Um, so what is your prospect now? What are you looking towards in the future? What is What are you working towards now? Because you need to live, your life needs to go on, it cannot stop. So tell me about what you are doing now. What are you hoping for in this in this future? What I'm hoping for the future is like, when I reached in Uganda, I was like an orphan and I could live around also children orphans. We believe that everyone has a story to share. We believe in the power of storytelling in today's digital economy. Yes, we believe that our audience need to be touched at the level of emotion so we can better engage. What about you? Do you believe in storytelling as much as we do? Do you want to reach the hearts and minds of your audience? Then join us in our online training class, Storytelling for Content Creators and Digital Entrepreneurs. Come, come to obehiawanfood.com slash storytelling and learn how to leverage your storytelling skills so you can earn more as a content creator and digital entrepreneur. Storytelling is a powerful instrument at our disposal. Let's explore it together. See you in the class. When I lost my family, so I was like, if I didn't study, if my parents give, uh, did not give me a chance to study, I couldn't be who I am today. So as long as these children are still around me, I can do something for them. That's why I end up creating a charity organization which is supporting them in education. And sometimes we, uh, with, with them, we normally get like food security, which is not easy for the moment to get like monthly food security. But as long as I have a bachelor's qualification, I can easily trans transform them with education. Mm -hmm. So what, what is your role in this organization? I mean, like, what do you do? Are you like uh, in the feed working? You are happy to distribute food? You are uh, campaigning for them? Can you tell me more about the, the organization you are using to help the, the children there? Yeah, the organization is called Mugeni Refugee Youth Center, MRIC, as you can see on my chart. I'm the founder and executive director. And so they, like, my... My badge doesn't define me, but when I'm on the field, I'm like also like a teacher. I'm also a volunteer. I can also volunteer even if I'm the founder and director. And I teach Spanish and English and art. And also I'm a footballer coach of the kids. So like how many uh, children uh, sort of under you that you are taking care of? Um, how do you operate with them? Can you say anything about that? In Uganda, there is a process where you have to be settled when you are a refugee. So these children had to be settled where at the same place with me without families. I had to collect them and try to come up building some shelters where they can be having some nights where they can sleep. And also I could get some field where I could, get, I could dig some food for them. But actually with the, with the dry season, it could be impossible to get feeding them from the field. I had to try to raise up some funds online, which was not like which was not more successful online. But I had to to call up for supporters and whoever wanted to support. Uh, we have like more than one hundred and twenty-seven children 
under Mugeni Refugee Center. I think it's uh, more than 100 and more than 117, you say, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So these children, they are also coming from Congo or maybe they are within other part of, of Africa? They are from Congo, they are from Burundi, they are from Rwanda, they are from they are from Eritrea, they are from Somali, yeah, even some Ugandans. Mm -hmm. Okay, so they are from different parts of Africa. Yes. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, now, since when did you start this project and what is the level now? I mean, okay, it's two years, it's one year, it's five years. Tell me more about that. Yeah, now it's two years. I started this project in 2020 and I joined Uganda in 2019. Just like one year, it takes me one year to to see what I can do for for people around me, to see what I can do for my community. It takes me one year to think about, to come up with ideas, what is possible to raise up the community. And what, what is your primary mission of this project? Say maybe this is exactly what you would like to be able to achieve. Uh, say maybe money was not the problem. Uh, the primary mission of this project is to help orphans to be educated first, because children, they are the future generation. So when they're educated, it's the future generation who is educated. The secondly is, is when children, they have talent uh, with football, we can help them to discover their talents and unleash their potential. So that if you're, if, you're not, if you're not able to go to school, maybe your talent may support you in your future. And how do you manage to get a fund to support this project? Because now you have more than 170 children under you. You're going to feed them. You're going to clothe them. You're going to take care of their training and the rest of it. So can you tell me about, like, how do you manage to get the fund to, for this kind of project? So if the fund still the problem, but still we can manage as long as we have strength to work. Because we end up, like, coming up with having some field like some field where we can dig food, we can grow beans, we can grow maize. And when it's, when it's in the rain season, it's very easy to get food for them. But when it's in the dry season, when nothing's going to crop, nothing's going to grow up, it's so, so hard. That's why we end up some calling for support online. If some people may support, they support. If they don't support, we end up economize what we have get from the field get from the feed does it mean that you have a, a piece of land that they give it to you to farm on um yeah and everybody is okay can you talk more about that uh, like how big is the land and who gave it to you uh what are the what is the process and uh, tell me more about that yeah so about the land i had to go to the government of uganda and because they were not able to support me financially i have to request for land where i can engage some widow so they can so they can dig for uh, for our charity so we can have some food. But like we did not spend any money about it, but we just like went and asked for the government. They gave us the land where we could dig. It's like, it is like uh, 100, 100, 100, met, 100 meters on 100 meters. Mm -hmm. Ah, okay, okay. But 100 by 100 meter of land. Yeah. Uh -huh. Is it difficult to be able to obtain this kind of uh, property to work on in Uganda? I mean, is the process difficult or is it easy for you to, to work? Well, yeah, for like for, I'm talking about as refugees, it's not easy to get like work in Uganda because as long as Uganda doesn't trust your qualifications, doesn't trust like 
Uh, the studies where you came from, maybe from Rwanda, from Congo, it's not easy to work in Uganda. As even you can see some Ugandans, they are still no work. I, I don't know if for you, for a stranger, it can be possible. I don't know. I guess it's not possible because since I'm here, I've tried to, to apply and ask for jobs, but still now, no response yet positive. But with the people, with the children there that you are taking care of, um, what kind of uh, prospect do they have in that after they go through the program, what is going to happen to them? Are they going to be able to find a job? Are they going to remain there, grow old there, and then remain in the community? Tell me more about the future for these children. The future of these children, as long as they are still in our hands, we are still trying to raise up funds so we can have a vocation training center where they can be learning some skills, <clears throat> some manual skills, some training skills like 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 sewing, catering, and also painting, so they may be able to 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 develop themselves in the future, so they can be able to be sustainable with themselves in their future. But as long as with the law fund, you are still you are still under struggling. I don't know how we can process about that, but still, like we have hope. It's go, it's gonna happen. It's it's gonna happen soon. Mm -hmm. All right. Now, uh, but for you personally, how did you manage to get the kind of help that you had so that you are able to do what you are doing in Uganda today? Because I believe that because you have been able to get out of the, how do you call it, of the of the rat race, sort of. That is why you are able to help other people now. But tell me, how did you manage to do it yourself? Yeah, like before on my side, when. I I got a plot of land. I had to grow food so I can go and sell it so I can have money. But uh, coming back from Congo with financial pocket full, that was because uh, uh, we did not run away our country with money, with whatever. We've been at school and we got just some diploma when we reached Uganda, pockets emptied. So we couldn't, we couldn't do something without being creative and come up with some ideas which can generate our, our local funds. It was not easy. But, but what did you do then? So you were growing crop that you were selling in Uganda, right? Yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. So uh, in Congo, what were you doing? Uh, if you were in Congo today, what would you be doing? In Congo today? Mm -hmm. I, could be, I could be at school. All right. And tell me about that vision of yours. What would you have liked to study if you were in school? What would you uh, pursue as a, as a kind of a career? Yeah, I could... I could study international relationship. And why why international relationship? Is there any reason for that? Yeah, because according to my dreams, like my dream is to go wherever there is, wherever there is, uh, there is, there is problems. Wherever they need me, wherever there is children, wherever there is uh, kids under bad situation, so I can solve the problem. Because my dream was to be an ambassador of a country, maybe, so I can be supporting, I can be having more traveling steps so I can go, like in Albania, in I can go in, in Malaysia, I can go in Zimbabwe, I can go in, in also in some, in some places of Congo where there is children living under struggles so I can support. All right, with this your agency, with this your NGO that you are working on, it's an NGO, right? Yeah, it's a charity organization. Okay. Uh, are you working with uh, other NGO, maybe out of Africa, maybe uh, some Western NGO to support you in any way? Yeah, there is some organization which came uh, in Uganda to support just like morally 
there's like this kind of tutapola organization. Tutapola means we heal in English. They came and tried to heal to heal out trauma for the children. Like they give out instructions which can help them to not think about where they came from, where they are heading. And like it just help them to, to forget about the past, give them a daily smile so they can forget about what they have gone through. Uh-huh. And from your experience now, from this uh, story that you gather from these children, why are they running away from their country? Are they exactly like in your own case? Or maybe uh, there are different cases for, for why they are running away from their homes? Yeah, like according to what I've heard, it's like, like for Congolese, they're running away because there is war. For Somalis, they're running away because there is some conflict among tribes or among, uh, among the country. You are Muslim, I'm Catholic, so you can't sit on, on the same table and you have to run away from me. I have to chase you away because you are Muslim, me, I'm Catholic. So such thing like that. From Rwanda, it's also about to see and who to. They don't share the same. They don't, they are not able to sit at the same table and discuss about the future, about peace. No, they cannot. Children, that is how you describe them. But what age are we actually referring to here? Uh, what is the age uh, bracket uh, of the people that are under you, which is this 170 people. Yeah, like we used to take the children starting from six years up to 12 years. Mm-hmm. Six years up to 12 years. This is the number of, this is the kind of age bracket of these people, right? Yes. Now, how did these people get to you? I mean, uh, six years old children, how did they manage to get to your organization? Uh, how did you pick them up? Let me understand that. Oh, yeah, like if you need to get them, um, like we are in collaboration with some local leaders, we are able to connect to contact us. Like there are some children around here living alone, they are homeless. So if the organization is able, they may come and support them. They may so we may find out how to reach there and see if we can see if we can we can provide some help, some some low help. That is, but we have to go door to door. We have to organize some villages meeting. If you see you have our children, you like you are not able to support him at one hundred percent. You may reach us if he has a shelter where he can live in your house. Just connect with us. We can see how we can be providing some energy porridge, like some energy porridge flow for his for his good health. Now. Say maybe so. For example, there are these uh, two or three children or five children uh, that have been introduced into the organization. How do you integrate them into the system? What do you do with them? How do you help them, uh, even emotionally, to be able to stay in the uh, in the program as it were? Uh, so when they are seeing others children there around there, they are happy. Of course, they must also be happy. They must smiling together, trying to to organize some football match, all of them wearing one color, which means like, even if you're from different countries, but with one color, we are one family. They create something like a family on the pitch of football. So football try to connect uh, them to like, for a social cohesion, for peace, like. To be a great content creator in today's fast changing economy, you need one thing, storytelling. Storytelling is a powerful instrument to leverage, either for personal use or for your business success. This is why this training class, Storytelling for Content Creators and Digital Entrepreneurs, was created. It is designed to help you leverage the power of storytelling so you can stand out from the crowd 
and earn more in your business. Come to obehiawanfo.com slash storytelling and learn how to leverage your storytelling skill to earn more as a content creator and digital entrepreneur. You need the power of storytelling to stand out in the competition. So let's explore it together. See you in the class. I'm from Rwanda. You are from Burundi. He's from Uganda. He's from Ethiopia. But under one color, one jersey, they are all one family. And that's how we succeed our mission when they are smiling together under one color, like one, one family. That is how we succeed to create peace among them, smile and, and social cohesion. Do they ever complain of their parents? Okay, now let's talk about you first. Uh, do you um, have a contact with your parents, with your uh, people in Congo? Do you hear from them? Tell me about that. Yeah, like as long as we are using social medias, but personally, I lost my family. I lost my parents. I've never got any news about from them. So as long as uh, they are social medias, they are people. Uh, they are people who have been working for that to support us to be on social medias. So it's it's possibly it's possibly like you may find your your neighbor, you may find your your uh, your sister, your brother. Hey, my brother, how are you? Where are you? So long time. It's been so. It's been a while. Where are you now? I'm in Uganda. So also as here in the Congo still war. I don't know where we can, how we can reach on the border of Uganda. It's still difficult. So such thing like that. Social media has helped us to reach out some, some friends, some, uh, some neighbors, and try to explain the situation. Like, I don't think so. According to that, if they can be go back to Congo because still war. Friends still telling us they are still war, and also we can follow online how how gun is still still beating in Congo near our borders near our country. Still, like there's no way to go back in Congo actually. What would be your final message here uh, for the people that are listening to you who probably might want to uh, support? Wait a minute, let me clarify something. Yeah, like probably now my last conclusion and my message to to the people who are listening this kind history is like uh, however however they are and when and wherever they are now they must know that like people are not living safely in the refugee camps of uganda and wherever refugees are really struggling to get basic needs to get a uh, children to be to school to get support and it's not easy because like we found ourselves we are alone here no organization is trying to support us. Like the UNCR is just giving, just giving to one one head, like per head, 30,000 per month, like Russian, which is not enough. And we and we can't get easily jobs, even if we're having higher bachelors, higher bachelors with our graduation qualification. So it's not easy for us to get jobs, and that's how we end up dying easily we end up because of hunger and children dying with malnutrition malaria whatever so it's not easy for us to survive here in the camp of refugees if you get this message if you know you have a contact person you may try to help so you can raise up the voice of others like children widows and also street kids please go straight and do it because 
uh, the small you are giving is the big difference you are doing for the impact of the community. Thank you so much for that. Uh, anyway, for time constraint, that is where we're going to end it today. Otherwise, I would uh, like to ask you a few more things. But I really thank you. But how can people connect with you? Use that one to conclude the conversation. Yeah. So if people need to reach uh, us, like us, like Mugenji Refugee Center, they have to go through social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, about website, you know, like websites, you have to pay for it. And it's not easy, uh, like actually for us to pay for a website because you're supposed to pay like more than even 20, 20, $29 per year and when uh, when you go when you don't have a job you can't pay for that if there is a supporter a donor who need to create that for us so we can be really visible online that's really great but social media and our Gmail account is always available for messaging 100% we can respond to you and give you direction how you may reach support to us how you may contact us how you may say hi to the children and Whenever, when you are interested, you can easily come to Uganda and visit the project. Thank you so much for that. I appreciate it. It has been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you. Me too. It has been a pleasure to participate on this platform. If you enjoy this podcast, make sure you subscribe so you never miss any of our future episodes. Rate and review Obehead Podcast and share with your friends who might need it. I remain Obehead A14. Thank you so much for listening. I'll talk to you in the next episode.